Melcham wobbles it into the chest of Max. Max Gorn. Here we go. Look at Big Max. So, Zoran coming. Hello and welcome to Attention to Detail, the podcast for D's fans, by D's fans, as we hold on for dear life aboard the rollercoaster ride that is barracking for the Melbourne Football Club. My name's Tim and thanks so much for joining us. Today, I'm very lucky to be joined by a fellow teaching colleague who actually, we wound up pretty much starting our teaching career, our professional teaching career together, didn't we, Simo? But uh, <laughs> back in 2017. But uh, Simo, how you going? Welcome to the show. And yeah, big D's fans, thanks for joining us. Easy done. Thanks for having me. No worries. Now, uh, I unfortunately wasn't at the game on Sunday. I just got back from Byron not long before and was getting ready for the uh, you know the avalanche that is term two and getting back into the swing, <laughs> swing of things at school. But, but you were there. How, how was the game? I was, yeah. I've been the last couple of games. Uh, school holidays has made it nice and easy to get to the games. Um, no, it was, it was good to be there. Um, the atmosphere from a T's perspective was really good. Um, but I suppose the three, first three quarters were so flat, but the fourth quarter, I suppose the, the crowd just came alive and it was just good to be a part of it. Oh, it would have been, absolutely. It was uh, good to watch on TV, frustrating, and I think uh, you would have felt it probably more being there, surrounded by a lot of nervous D's fans, but the Hawks really kind of took it to us for three quarters or they at least held us at bay and then yeah it would have been a pretty enjoyable last quarter to be sitting in the stands and just <laughs> watching us blaze away yeah correct. Um, Look, being there being there with the best mate he was a hawks man just shaking his head at the umpires all day and i was like oh mate it's, it's gonna break over and i even said to him before the game I said look to be honest i reckon you'll be with us for three quarters and then i reckon we'll just say no nah, see you later and there you go because in yeah in credit to hawthorne they didn't they didn't play badly, I don't reckon. Like, they just ran out of legs. And, you know, we know the personnel uh, for their side isn't as good as what it once used to be. But Clark is a pretty creative and intelligent coach. You always know that he's going to come out with something. And they certainly made us certainly made us work pretty hard and, and put the pressure on and sort of took us away from our attacking game style, at least for those first three quarters. We struggled to score the ball a fair bit. Yeah, correct. I, I thought, well, one player I'd love to have at D's would be that CJ. I tell you what, he's <laughs> running dash. But to be honest, I thought I thought we actually held him at bay pretty well compared to his other weeks. Because um, he ended up getting him one one play, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was <laughs> out in the stands with that one. I was yeah. uh, pretty excited to see that one. So D's five and zero. Oh. It's a uh, pretty foreign territory for for both. Well, I'm sure both in our lifetimes, it's uh, it's been a long time since that and. It's it is difficult to keep a lid on. We both know that it's it's easily uh, easy to to blow your top too early, but it's it's promising, isn't it? It's it, we're seeing some pretty promising signs and some consistent footy. Yeah, I saw an interesting stat saying I think it was 1990 was the last time we're five and zero, so I wasn't even alive at the time. Um, so yeah, I think I think the lid's still on for me. I think yeah. as a Melbourne sport, I've been you know 2018. You look at it, I was. You know, super hyped up and everything, and then the prelim come around. But I think this year's a bit different. I feel like structurally, and I think as a team, we're just much different. I feel like, you know, we've got the right the right structure in place to really contend. Um, but I suppose, you know, we're only as good as what we put out and what we've played against. So the real test will come on Saturday night. That's right. And I think there's been a lot in the a lot in the press. Um, you know, Goody's been talking a lot about this whole selflessness and, you know, that's also come through Maxi and track as well too and this sort of change of mindset and kind of really 
committing to your team role and you know probably for the last two or three years we've probably heard similar kind of terms but haven't been able to see anything on field but i think you really are witnessing it now where you know the outside media are looking at and saying why is brayshaw playing 60 percent of game time and only getting 15 possessions but does that really matter when your team's five and eight? like i think yeah. a couple of, when, when you're not performing those sort of questions seem to creep in but now you look at it track has a relatively quiet game but is you know he's dominating uh and being extremely efficient and it's just sort of another cog in this machine and it seems to be that I think the biggest thing that I've taken out of, the, out of the five weeks is that, yes, we've been tested and we've been pushed in slightly different ways each week. We've always had a response and we've always seems to be able to find a way to play our footy um, and get the result that we want to. I feel like in every game, uh, especially or probably minus a Freo game, I didn't I didn't get to watch that. But um, the other four games, I feel like teams have really pushed us and then they've either got a lead on us or... Uh, you know, are threatening to sort of, you know, break us open. As in the past, we'd really falter to that. And really, I think we'll just be, as a team, we wouldn't be connected as much. But now, yeah. I suppose that maturity has come with that, you know, the extra bit of time together. So, yeah, that's great to see. That's it. So, well, we'll, uh, we'll start off the show with our very first segment about plenty of the like on the weekend uh, with our first segment and credit to the boys. Back into the game, so... Um, I think it was on uh, all of us to step up and, and you know, really lead from the front, and I thought we did that all day. So we want to play our way. All right, Simo. Well, there was plenty to like on the weekend, even though that you know Hawks did give us a good run for our money and made us work extremely hard for our scores. But I think the standout, and I'm sure you'd agree with me here. Uh, King Max, I mean, his, his game just seems to be getting better and better. And I think he played one of the great games of his career on the weekend. Uh, what, 26 disposals, 20 kicks, 10 marks, and eight of those marks were contested. And I think, I don't know, it just seems like all of his marks are contested anyway. But he's just, his presence around the ground is is huge. And, and that goal in the third, fourth quarter is it, just... It was pretty pivotal because I think it was about the second or third in our run. It might have pushed it to, oh, was it three or four goal lead? I can't remember exactly which one it was. Do you remember? I, th- I think it actually might have put us only up by two goals. I think it was yeah, one, okay. one last week as well where it was just a captain's goal, just yeah. the ship. And uh, funnily enough, watching the replay, I actually saw myself uh, get up from my seat. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> On the sticks, yeah. Was, where were we uh, sitting? Um, I was sitting just next to the cheer squad, the bay next to the cheer squad on the right-hand side. Yeah. Um, there are not many people around me, which was interesting. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. He's, uh, he, I think, couldn't have asked for a better leader, uh, you yeah. know, to, to sort of propel this club forward and into hopefully what we're witnessing at the moment is, is some more success. And his actions on the field is just speaking in volumes. And, you know, he's, he's come, you think about it, he's come such a long way as a footballer, you know, from the bloke that, I mean, the story is pretty popular about, you know, having a fag on the way to training and all this sort of stuff. And blew his knee out a couple of times. But after that breakout game in Geelong, you know, all those years ago and just the player that he's continued to evolve in, uh, it's incredible to watch. And looking forward to sort of being able to say in in years years time that we were, we were around when Maxi was playing because he's easily... Oh, yeah. 
easily the best ruckman for Melbourne since, well, since Jimmy. I mean, Jeffy White was good, but I mean, different player, but far out. To be able to have that impact around the ground, um, and I think, you know, I think we were talking about it before, like the presence of Luke Jackson being able to now shoulder a lot of that ruck um, mm. responsibility, allowing Max just to float forward back. You know, last year was mainly back. This year, sort of touted forward, and we've gone forward and back. He's managed to hit the scoreboard a couple of times, you know, this year already. I mean, he's just turning into an all-round player. He had, <laughs> he had this ridiculous pickup um, off a ground ball out on the out on the defensive fifty, yeah, running towards that. a boundary line. Yeah. It's like the bloke's the ten foot twelve, <laughs> and he's picking the ball up uh, like Velcro hands. It was uh, amazing. So yeah, continues to continues to make us. Just marvel at him and uh, pretty pretty satisfied that our at our club and our playing group. Not to say that Jack um, and Nate Jones weren't the right people at the time, but I think it certainly proves that it's uh, it's, it's Maxie's role and uh, he's he's pushing the boys in the right. He's got the boys aligned in a really good spot at the moment. Correct, correct. What about you? Anything that stood out for you? Um, I reckon it's definitely the wingers. Um, you look at Gus and Lingers, um, those two boys holding their shape, just making it harder for teams to get exits out outside their fi- uh, back 50. I think I think it's a very pivotal role. And, um, you know, you saw, you see Lingers get on the end of three, good old positive Lingers. <laughs> um, you know, he just he sees it to amaze me. Um, Ed Langdon, I feel like he's um, the shape, yeah, it's just his shape and the way he helps out of defence is amazing. And, you know, you look at Gus and you think of him from, you know, the you know, really tough years, the last couple of years, like, you know, he's battling for midfield midfield spot, but now you look at him playing on the wing, selfless role. That's right. Um, you know, it frees up our other, t- our other players to, you know, play that real grunt inside work and, you know, that he'll reap the rewards for, with success, which is good to see. That's exactly right. And I think, Gus, it's always been a bit of a talking point. I think we were talking about before about that whole selfless mentality and, and Gus being one of those players that was always in the spotlight, being a high draft pick and, uh, you know, maybe not being maximized to his full potential as, as an inside midfielder. But I think, you know, with that other wing being a role that we needed to fill, and yes, he sort of had times out there last year and he probably looked a little bit lost, but he's just certainly worked his way into that role really well. And I think, as you said, not not taking it selfishly as all at all like he's he's an incredible kick uh which is really you know such an important skill to have to get that forward line mid midfield connection uh in order for our forwards to be able to receive the ball uh he's he's played a huge role and, and it's been really interesting sort of keeping an eye on him these last couple of weeks and and watching him uh really excel out on there so no 100% so I'll probably go for the next one would be something or just to do with our defence. Um, so as a defence, you know, I mean, you look at Petty coming in, obviously a bit, you know, he probably looked a little bit out of sorts at, at, at the start. Um, but you look at his probably second half, I think he just moulded in nicely. I mean, I don't know how long we'll be for with yeah. coming back. But um, you know, a bit you look, stiff, I think. Yeah, a bit stiff, but it is what it is, unfortunately. <laughs> Petty or Stephen May. <laughs> Stephen May ready to come back yeah. in. Um, but you look you look at things such as you know Hibbo's desperate efforts back in the side like yeah. you know, he essentially could be playing for his career aged what, 30, 31. 30, 31, I think and I think I don't know is it, you see it pretty hard for for Nev to probably it's, get it's a look tough. get a look in as well too it's tough because I'm a big fan of Lord Nev but mm. uh, yeah, I mean you look at Hibbard, he actually damages other teams going the other way as you look at Nev he's you know real locked down like he's 
Yeah. You know, if you can add that string to his bow again, Nev, then, you know, it might be a bit different. But um... Pig, Pig can definitely play that lockdown role as well too. So I suppose he's got that kind of multiple facet there where he, he, he can do that, but he's that running defender as well too. And he's got a booming left boot. And, and yeah, absolutely made some incredible plays, including that smother in the third quarter when, when Hawks were really sort of pushing and, and looked threatening to kind of take the lead. And that smother was just, yeah, I think kind of... Says it in spades, doesn't it, about about where he's at and, and and what he's trying to do to keep his spot on the side and and yeah, his impact on the team. Definitely. Yeah. Correct. And when you look at Jake Lever as well, like he's you know, obviously the last two weeks without Stevie May, like, you know, been able to patrol that back line and constantly yeah. intercept. I was uh, watching AFL three hundred sixty earlier tonight and you know, he's leading the leading for um intercept marks in the competition in the last three weeks. Like he's you know, his drop-off work, but reading the play has been really strong. It'd be um, yeah, interesting to see what happens this weekend with a bit of, bit of different dynamic, and I reckon the Tigers might be a bit smart there. But. Yeah. Yeah, they might look to put on, you know, such a bit of a defensive role or defensive forward on, on one of them or something like that, depending if Maisie's fit to go. But you're right, Jakey's just, he's, he really embraced, I think, being that leader, uh, which he has been for the last couple of years, but... Now that that consistent footy with those back six have really kind of formed this really sort of concrete unit, uh, you can see May and Lever have have so much value and and leadership in that back in that back six, and even just having a player like Petty uh, or whether it's Lockhart or somebody else, whoever's coming in, you can see that they're always communicating, always um, trying to organise and set that defence, and and you can see Jakey giving plenty of that. And uh, he really sort of filled the void a little bit that Maisie left on the weekend. So for sure, it was good to see, I think, finally, after a couple of weeks of sort of threatening to do it. Uh, it said three-quarter time, we were probably lucky to be 10 points in front. I think, as we're sort of talking about, that smother came back and then they really, they kicked the first goal the last quarter, Hawks, and it could have been a really tight contest for the rest of it. But it was really good to see, if we've seen in previous weeks, where we've sort of peppered uh, goals in that last quarter and really could have put teams away like St Kilda comes to mind um, from memory but I mean it was a pretty enjoyable game to watch just double our score in that last quarter and really kind of find our mojo and and blast them out of the water as Clarko said it in in the post uh, in the post-match presser that yeah didn't really I suppose accurately depict the contest unfortunately it's great for our percentage <laughs> But uh, great for Melbourne fans, but yeah, it was it was good to see. We have we haven't done that for a little while, I don't think. No, yeah, it's good to see. All right, Simo. Well, we've talked about the things that we did love on the on the weekend, and I'll tell you what: when you're five and zero, there's not a lot not to like. But uh, there's always a couple of things we can improve on, and we'll uh, chat about that in our next segment. Pretty pissed off. Pretty, I'm pretty pissed. I'm pretty pissed off still. Um, it's not good enough. That's very unlike the way we've been playing, and something that we'll obviously review and get better at. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not good enough today. Um, this team, this club's got to start winning games. So, Simo, the first thing that I thought that Hawthorne did a pretty good job, and you have to give credit to them about their pressure and their, the way that they set up defensively against us, but it really kind of took us away from how we've been able to score the ball for the last four weeks. Uh, I think that we definitely felt uncomfortable and looked a little bit timid with our ball use and... I think we seem to get the ball stuck at about you know, 60, 70 metres out and that kick either inside 50 or that, that second or third kick was something that was really troubling us and 
we uh, didn't really capitalize on on any sort of scoring opportunities and and therefore our inside 50s in the first three quarters were, were pretty inefficient do you yeah did you see any of that of the game did you yeah does that stand out yeah, it did stand out, especially for three quarters. Like it was just, you know, it was just a bit of pinball playing a bit of tennis going from end to end. <laughs> like it was, you know, it was it was tough. Like the second quarter was really kind of hard to to watch. I feel like it was just really a really dull sort of atmosphere. Like there wasn't many goals kicked, and you know, it was just waiting waiting for one team to say, "Hey, let's take the game on." You know, yeah, yeah. But you usually do find with most games, the second quarter, you know, you do, they do go into lockdown and just sort of, you know, possess the footy and, you know, just kick it down the line here and there. But I think a lot of our entries, you know, they're not, they're pretty shallow at the, at the time at the time across yeah. the two or point, mainly the second and third quarter, because um, we were getting scoring shots in the first quarter, just weren't being efficient. Um, but yeah, second and third third quarter, just I think we'll just you know they were just spoiling it out bounce a lot and. You know, they're just running out of the stoppages. Um, so, yeah, I think that was pretty much it. And, you know, obviously the fourth quarter changed and what did we kick? About seven goals in 15 minutes yeah. and it was party time, which is good to see. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, but, yeah, when speaking of bloody uh, kicking goals, I mean, set shots was something that was pretty ordinary uh, in that first part of the game as well too. I think at one stage it might have been second quarter. I think we were four goals, seven uh, from set shots, which is... Yeah, pretty disappointing considering that the forwards that we had in uh, T Mac and Jack O and you know a uh, couple of just gettable set shots which always seem to let us down a little bit. But hopefully when we get our big boys, our tall boys in, that uh, that can kind of straighten us up a little bit. But the end result, it didn't matter. But not all sides we're not going to be able to blow away in that last quarter like that. So you really have to in a game where you have to work really hard to score. Uh, yeah, you've really got to make the most of your chances. And for league footballers, <laughs> you paid money to do that. Exactly. exactly. Well, I think the, the Monarchs dislike is, well, Hawthorne's my least, least favourite team in the competition. So, yeah, that would be <laughs> mine. Just Hawthorne in general. And that old mate, uh, old mate, Frosty, uh, Frosty the Snowman, yeah. getting under my skin a little bit when he uh, got a hold of Cozzy. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm out of my seat and I was like, whoa. Yeah, you're biting the bullet. I think you got Clary as well, beauty. So yeah, he did. He did. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure they're all mates off the field still. But yeah, he's acting like a bit of a flog on the weekend. And no, that you're right. I've got. I've got no sympathy lost for Hawthorne. They've they've seen plenty of success, and I know my old man hates them. And you know, he's lived through the '80s and yeah. early '90s of absolute dominance. So there's. There's no reason that they need to be winning anymore. <laughs> I was around at a mate's uh, who's a Hawthorne supporter, probably not as diehard as what we are D's, but yeah, I've got no pity for them whatsoever. So it's all always good to yeah put them down. I think that's I think that's our fourth straight win against them after that yeah. long hoodoo that we broke, Ooh. which I will never forget where I was when we won in two that was it 2016 was it that we uh, broke... that when Gorney was having a shot near the end and it was just like yeah. Uh... That was where I just. It was good to see that. Oh. I was at a winery and we we're watching it on. I think AFL Live Pass when that was a thing on your phone and uh, you got it free through Telstra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I won't forget it. So no, it's uh yeah, plenty to dislike there. So always good to get a win over him. As I said, not the same, not the same blokes playing for him, but still, you can uh, you can still hate the stripes. That's easy. <laughs> Thank you.
right, Simo. Well, next we're going to talk about our player award for the week, which is our Charlie Spargo Award, which goes to uh, the player or players uh, that don't always get the limelight in a in a performance. It's one of those ones that flies under the radar, but it's something else that we've noticed. So it might not be uh, in the Brownlow votes, but certainly somebody that's had an impact uh, from a keen eye. So I think the person that I noticed, and it's been something I think that's been building uh, each and every week this season, is the emergence of Luke Jackson. And I just think watching him grow uh, with each game that he plays, he's so poised for a breakout game in the next month or so. And I think I mentioned it last week, um, in last week's episode as well too. He's he didn't have any marks. Uh, sorry, didn't have any contested marks. But far out, he's so close to grabbing like five or six contested marks in a round, uh, and just breaking a game open. I think his his versatility to be playing around the ground, uh, around the ground, and watching how he can yeah take the ball right out of the ruck. Uh, you know, is a tackling machine, and then also can be a pretty devastating forward target uh, has just been yeah really incredible to watch at such a young age and also to be able to shoulder some of that ruck opportunity to allow Maxi to do what he does um, and really kind of make his impact on the game felt a little bit more around all parts of the ground I think is is really uh, yeah hard to miss so I think his game of the weekend he had 17 disposals eight kicks nine handballs and five marks along with 22 hitouts so he probably showed, he probably had I didn't, didn't catch how many hitouts Maxi had and I know hitouts can be a bit of a dead stat but it still shows how many rack contests that he participated in so it's I think Maxi would be loving it he's not having to do all that all that tap work but also they're both having an equal impact both in the ruck contest, but around the ground um, and at stoppages as well too. So, um, no, I can't wait for him to sort of break out. And it just goes to show that uh, the D's knew what they were doing when they picked him. You know, he was a bit of a, bit of a raw prospect, but far out. He looks like he's going to pan, pan out and be a superstar for the red and blue for a very long time. So, what about you? Anyone that stood out to you? Yeah, look, I've got another WA boy, but thanks for sharing about Brody Grundy 2.0. Um, <laughs> So, oh, oh, big, don't big, compare it to Brody Gundy. I can't stand him. <laughs> oh, that is. <laughs> um, uh, mine's a fellow WA boy that um, was actually in the same draft as Lukey Jackson. Um, young uh, Trent Rivers. He's uh, he's always one that you know you can always see in his uh, bright pink bo- boots at the moment. Um, I think he had a twenty-one to touch, twenty-one touches. But as a bloke, that's nineteen. Looks composed. Um, you know, I think he's definitely one for the future. Future two hundred game player for the days you know bearing you know in the homesickness but you know if he's got jack don't say that don't say that <laughs> that's bearing, why bearing that's why they drafted jackson as well they, that's, that's a exactly package right. deal you're staying here <laughs> um but no that no he's uh he's really really um ticking the boxes for me and he's great to watch um he loves he loves taking the game on and yeah like i said he just looks composed um, he does think, yeah i think i think he's i think salem must be taken under his wing because uh a lot of Salem, it comes out, you know, that composure, but I suppose, you know, Salem's got that really nice left foot. But, uh, you know, the Trent Rivers, Trent Rivers is definitely one to look out. I think, um, you know, he, he had a few intercept pos- possessions on the weekend and, you know, he just you know, he looks right at home at the, in the D's back line. And, you know, it's lots yeah, he stands up in contests as well. So there's a couple of times he just stepped through a couple of tackles. Um, and, yeah, as you said, I think his, his ability to take the game on 
is is incredibly encouraging, as you said, given his young age. Um, and I know that we've mentioned it earlier in, um, in a couple of weeks ago, but I think Salem pushing up the ground and, you know, Salem's now starting to get a lot more of the ball uh, and, and having a huge effect sort of a little bit higher up the ground. And I think that's because, as you said, I think Riv is kind of transitioning maybe into that role that he had and, you know, that half that half back flank and, and being able to provide some of that run and carry. And uh, I think, yeah, they've obviously both worked in tandem really well. And you just look at that draft class and you can't, you can't marvel enough about Jason Taylor and the recruiting team, 2019, that draft. I think they, hats off to them. They, uh, yeah found found the right personnel and, and the right holes to fill. All right, well, we are a D's podcast by fans for the fans and we wouldn't be here without the fans. So our most important segment really is uh, listening to our fan responses in Fugazi. People aren't commenting on what they see, um, but internally, it's Fugazi. You do your best, uh, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> no, I can't, but it's uh, it's goes something like Fagazi, it's Woozy, it's Wazi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Simo, well, I'll put it to the socials uh, after our big win against the Hawks on the weekend about, yes, we're 5-0, but we're heading into a pretty, uh, pretty pivotal clash against uh, the force that is the Richmond Football Club, and I asked our social community what is the biggest talking point or the biggest question heading into the richmond clash so uh yeah what's what's the first response you got there all right so first one comes from steve rogers thanks for sending in mate um so don't put all your eggs in one basket to stop dustin martin play your game as you have these by 22 i like your thinking with these by 22 um i actually also think you know having a team players at 22 is also very important as well because then we keep to our structure yeah uh, also you got to be very very mindful of a player that is dustin martin so you know we'll probably have little things in place um in the midfield uh, i don't know who will go to him but uh, Viney. That, that'd be my guess i think yeah, a bit of, um, bit of a bastard to him and then yeah, uh, yeah up for up forward i don't i don't know who might go to him. maybe Hibbard, i'd say so, um, I think they had Goody on. Goody was on uh, 360 was it last night, I think, coaches night, whatever. And they were sort of talking about tags. I think Robbo was sort of saying about tags coming back in. And I think the question was asked and said, Are you going to tag Dustin? He goes, Oh, we, you know, we've got some things to look at. So, I think, uh, yeah, Vin went to Selwood, I know, for a little bit. Uh, and I think he, he was on Omira because Omira had a pretty good game last weekend. So, I wouldn't be surprised to see them go head to head. But I know all the fans are, you know, mouth watering for a Clary or a Petrarca v, v Martin. Yeah. But uh, I don't know how long that would last. Win the footy. <laughs> well, they might, I think, might start off at the center bounce. But uh, yeah, after that, that's probably they'll be going in different directions, I think. So, uh, next one we've got from Kirk Scott is uh, making the most of our scoring chances. So, yeah, I think that kind of reflects what we're talking about against the Hawks. You know, a little bit inefficient uh, in that game, especially set shots, but I think just our inside 50s. Now, our efficiency going forward has been a lot better, uh, but yeah, we definitely need to do that, especially against a side like Richmond, who can really just punish you if you don't capitalise on the chances that you create for yourself. So, nice one. Absolutely. I think as well, going touching base on that as well, getting deeper entries too to make it hard for Richmond to propel the footy. They love handballing really quick, so... Yeah, to go with that one. Um, so next one's from Mick Mole. Um, so the biggest question for me is, uh, can we exploit the back line without Vlosten? Or oh, like this one, um, if we can't beat them without Vlosten, we'll never beat them with Vlosten. Mm. Um, Vlosten's been, yeah, 
I always nose flossing against us. Um, a lot of intercept marks. Um, but yeah, it's good because we don't get to kick to him this time. And I think <laughs> our new structure uh, should be able to change that one. Yeah, no, no, for sure. It's, uh, we want to try and, as you said, try and avoid that uh, pinball effect. And as good as we are at taking intercept marks, you know, it can easily go the other way around as well too. And Floston's one of those players that can, can definitely have a damaging effect down there as well. Next, we got uh, Daniel Frogger-Hodgman. Uh, to win, we have to break down their defensive structures and penetrate or go around their wall, quotation marks. They've won three quarters or three out of four. Sorry, three quarters. That's the teacher for you. Three out of four uh, premierships built on structure. Go Ds. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Thanks, uh, thanks Frogger. Awesome. I'll go across to uh, Luke Lermont. Lermont, Lermont. Um, Clayton Oliver and Dusty, no Dusty, no Richmond. Well, look, to be honest, I mean, you look at Dusty, he's a big game player. Um, Richmond do step up in the big moments. Um, but I suppose Clayton Oliver and Dusty, I mean, you probably see him battling off, you know, head to head as, as, uh, Timmy said before, but, um, you know, it'd be good, good to see him going head to head and good to see, uh, I'd love to see Clary give Dusty a don't argue as well. Yeah, no, I'd love to see that. And Clary's got a bit of fire about him at the moment, so I'm sure he, he would love to go uh, love to go head-to-head up there. And the last one we've got here, it's not quite a talking point. Well, it's, a, it's definitely a talking point, not not quite a question, but uh, from Daniel Smith, uh, wouldn't be able to wipe the smile off Jim's face up there in heaven. And I think that was because the post that I put up uh, had a picture of Max and sort of talked about his dominance and how, how uh, yeah, how amazing he's been for this club and in, in his captaincy so far. And I just think, yeah, we are talking about it before in terms of his legacy as a ruckman, but, you know, Jim was there to hand him his, his jumper uh, and knew that he was putting, you know, putting the D's list and the D's faithful in good hands. And I don't think that Maxi could have done a better job so far and he's got plenty still to give. So uh, thanks, Daniel. Definitely a good point there. Well, Simo, as we said, we've said it all all week, and and uh, especially tonight, the big test is is this week against, and it couldn't come at a greater time uh, in our which, which is now an, an annual uh, tradition against Richmond Football Club in uh, Anzac Day Eve, which is a really special game, and I think you were saying that it's become a bit of a family tradition for you to go to this game, and I know I don't, don't well, no one went last year, obviously. I think I might have missed the one before that, but I definitely went to, I think, the first four. And I think I'd only seen Melbourne lose once because we definitely won the first, I think, two or three that I went there. And it was especially when I think neither of us were very good. It was before Richmond won the flag. Uh, but it was still an incredible night um, for such a commemorative occasion and such an important part of Australian history. It's... And I know Jonesy was on 360, uh, no, sorry, on the couch the other night. And, you know, obviously his his milestone game as well too, but he was just saying that it, it, it's become his favourite game to play. It's the one he looks forward most to playing uh, each year. And we, we obviously partake in Queen's birthday as well too. But it'll be to see how, uh, how our game and how our hype and all the positivity stands up against a pretty, uh, well, it's always going to be a formidable Richmond uh, side that we come up against being the powerhouse that they've been for the last five years. So uh, looking ahead, 
what's what's your thoughts? What uh yeah, what are you thinking for this week? What do we need to do? And you got a bit of analysis coming up. All right. So well, first of all, I have to congratulate Jonesy for his three hundredth. I mean, you know, I used to wear his jersey number on the back when I was a bit younger, and you know, I've seen him through. You know, see all the through him, seen him through all the hardship and everything. So I have to put my hat off to him, and it'll be great to see him run out. Um, and then on the side note, little young Gussie playing his hundredth game as well. You know, going battling through those concussions and getting on top of that. Um, great to see him play a hundred games, and yeah, hopefully um, a lot more to come. There was do sorry, just to cut in. Did you? There was a moment where Gus went to a contest on the weekend, and yeah. anybody just he sat down for an extra second when he hit the deck, and I was thinking, oh shit, like here we go. But he he bounced back up, and then it was a bit hard to see one of those ones where if he got flushed in the head or not. But yeah, relieved to know that it wasn't. But yeah, no, I didn't realize that hundred games for Gus. Yeah, that's awesome. Game. Um, I suppose we go to the talking points. I mean, there's a, a lot of them obviously coming up against the reigning premier, you know, three of the last four years, and you know, it's a side where you get sick of seeing them win. So I think it's someone else's turn. But um, you know, the first one you look at, you know, who goes to Lynch or Rewald. I mean, you know, obviously it's determined as to you know whether Maisie comes back, but you think is Lever gonna drop off? Is Tomlinson gonna lock well, Tomlinson will probably lock down on one of them and you know Lever will float across or you know, um, I suppose May May will be the deeper. So you look at Lynch as the deeper one. May reads the deeper. Be interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, very well. It's one being sort of probably in a bit more form at the moment, isn't he? I mean, Lynch. I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on Lynch? I, I still don't know whether he's fully. Sook. <laughs> well, there's that. Uh, yeah, I still don't know if he's really kind of commanded any any sort of respect too much you know considering probably his form hasn't carried across quite from gold coast he probably you know he's not the only spearhead there and rewalt even at his age has has proven that he can still uh still have a pretty big impact on the side would would he kick five last week yeah i mean yeah it's the saints but um yeah no i think i think you're right i think if may does come in it would definitely be taking lynch on the bigger body but maybe maybe tomo would probably be the one to run with Rewalt a little bit because he's sort of proven to, to be able to fill that that yep. one-on-one lockdown uh, role, especially, you know, having to take on Tomahawk once Maisie goes down and did a pretty good job on him as well too. So Lever, as you sort of said, doesn't really suit that one-on-one role too much. His strength is really kind of playing off the ball and, and coming along to help when, when need be. Yeah, that's it. Well, I suppose, you know, we move on to, you know, you look at the Richmond Smalls, you know, they've wreaked havoc in the last few years and, you think obviously you got you you got your Riv and Hibbo that can lock down on those boys to you know to stem the flow. But you look at Dusty when he goes forward, you think yeah Hibbo's the one for him. And I think you know we saw last week that you know what Hibbard's got to got to play for and you know playing for the jump and knowing that he's in the side now. I think um, he'd be the man for the job. I think he'd be pretty stiff. I don't think there'd be any stiff arms on him, but I think uh, yeah, yeah. He'd be the man for the job. No, definitely. I think uh, well. Martin's going to be playing all over the ground, so he's. I think if anyone's going to be tagging him, they're not going to follow him all the way around the ground. So, I think, yeah, it's I, the pressure in the midfield. I think is still going to be pretty. I reckon they're going to target. You know, I think Clary's sort of shown to kind of not buckle under pressure, but at least have a bit of a response to a tag. And whether there's somebody that goes to him uh, to try and take him in out of the games, because even the last two weeks he's been equally as damaging. In there as well too, and Dim is a pretty smart coach, and probably will, will know try to how to nullify how we've been able to successfully uh, move the ball and and 
get the ball out to the wings. And I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, I don't know, put a bit of work into Langdon or something like that as well too. Uh, but we have to make sure also to sort of see how our forward line looks and hopefully that, yeah, whether it's a few personnel changes, uh, how that goes this week. But as I was saying before, we can't afford to butcher any chances that we get inside 50. We really have to make the most of those and exactly. make sure that we, yeah, bring the fight because they're going to be there for the fight and for the occasion. And it's such a massive game. And I think if anything, as you said about Jonesy, the D's owe it to, I mean, we forgot that it's hopefully it doesn't get overshadowed by it's Dusty's 250th as well too, yeah. um, <laughs> which unfortunately falls alongside it. Yeah. Uh, but Jonesy, being such a warrior for the days over over the journey, um, if there's anything that we can give him on his sort of the twilight end of his career, it'd be a pretty, uh, yeah, a memorable victory. Uh, I'm sure he's hoping for a lot more heading towards September, but let's we could just start with this. <laughs> yeah, well, going on from Dusty, I mean, it was a question from one of the fans is, you know, do we do we you know stick to our structure? Do we send someone to Dusty? I think you know that you know, it's that sort of undivided you know opinion. Like I mean, obviously you got to lock down. I mean, as a back as a backman onto him because you know it can be obviously one of the most dangerous forwards when he is down there. And you look at him in the guts. You know, do we send Viney just to get under his skin a little bit and get him frustrated? Which I don't think would be a very easy job to do. Nah, no, nah, I think he's pretty, pretty, pretty level-headed. You rarely see him uh, crack the shit. So, correct. Well, yeah. I suppose like coming from that, I mean, you look at, you know, how how do you beat Richmond? You think of ways like you know, like after after watching that um, TV series on Amazon, you know, a lot of insight into uh, into Richmond. You know. Like, how do you beat them? Do you, you try and beat them at their own game? I reckon that's, I reckon that's a formula. You, you try and out-muscle them. You try and beat them at their own game. And I think, you know, having Viney at the call, you know, right at the right at the forefront of the um of the contest, you know, they'll set the tone. One big hit early. Like, I remember a couple of years ago, Sydney Stack absolutely leveled Jack Viney. I feel Put like him out. Set, he broke I, his collarbone. That's set the, that's the standard for the game. And I think, you know, I mean, obviously we're not out there to hurt anyone, but, mm. you know, just... You know, that real mongrel bass and just like you, you see us this year, you know, I think I, I think we're actually probably the number one pressure side in the competition at the moment. Um, we, we definitely are. Yeah. Uh, you got blokes hunting you got blokes hunting in packs out there, which has been really good to see because I know in the previous yeah. years tackling hasn't been something that has certainly been our strength or forte at all. I suppose we've got to look at the ins and outs. I suppose. Yeah, I was going to say team selection. What are you what are you thinking? Because there's a few 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 available. It was a uh, yeah, plenty, plenty documented about Weeds and Benny Brown's VFL performance last it's week. It's a really and- hard one. It's a really hard one because, you know, you think of Weeds, like his first game back, I mean, he might have only played half a game, but he barely got a touch. Like he was so out of sorts and everything. But, you know, you, you come back and you look at it this week, I mean, kick seven snags, like he looked bloody good. Like I don't know if you've seen the footage and stuff, but, you know, it's taking rock contests, out-muscling blokes, going out of the ruck. Snapping around the corner like it's nah. well, he's, he's yeah. real weeds. Like, what is this? He's been well. He's I tell you what, he's been teetering on the edge. And and you think back to the last year, it took him about this stage of the season for him to crack into the side, and it wasn't due to health. Unfortunately, this one was. But I think from rounds six to thirteen, from memory, something around about that, he was averaging the highest. Um, goals per game across those rounds. I think he was good for three or four a game for that entire, and he kicked, I think, maybe the highest amount of goals in, you know, those six or seven rounds that he was in at the start. And he had a huge impact. Uh, And 
he he gave us a huge presence, regardless of our result in in its t- entirety last season. But there's no doubt that he can play. Well, if you look if you look at blokes, you you got Josh Bruce kicking ten goals, and you got these big forwards <laughs> kicking absolute bags. Like you think these there's a key forwards are back with this new stand the mark rule. You know you get cleaner entries in there, and you know that will suit Sam Wiedemann to jump and block those marks. You know it'll be more confident. You got Cozzy around the feet, like it's going to be. Yeah, it'll be one of those things where it'll be bringing out the weeds in 2018, I reckon. It's, well, I hope. I, yeah, I, I think it's hope because, you know, like with weeds in the side firing, if we can get anything like he was in that final series, then uh, we'd be licking our lips. It's a real it's a real dilemma. And I think with Tom McDonald and, and McDonald, you know, we haven't really mentioned him too much. He played a fantastic game and got into the game early um, against the Hawks and, you know, He's one of those players that does have to work in and find a bit of the ball up the ground a little bit first, and to get himself uh, to get himself going. But he he played a ripper of a game against Hawthorne, and Goody said it that you know he doesn't want to disrupt, even though Sunday just gone wasn't the best display of our forward connection or forward structure. Prior to that game, we've had such good uh, you know we've had such good results with him and Jacko and that forward mix. Yeah. You don't really want to tinker with it too much. But the thing yeah. is, you've gone out and now handed Ben Brown this, you know, this deal and you can't have him sitting playing the VFL if he's healthy. I mean, it's exactly. what do you what do you do? I mean, T Mac was had half a foot out the door. Not not really his fault or, or sorry, not not his choice. Yeah. The way that everything worked out over the trade period, you know, couldn't find a new home, comes back, injuries happen and he plays his way and keeps his spot on the side and is really sort of excelling. It's pretty stiff. For him, but I guess I mean Goody says it's a good problem to have, but far out, I don't know what I'd do. <laughs> it's uh, bloody well, hard. It's hard because like do you put them all in, but then you're like, well, nah. we're gonna be too too way tall, too tall. Way too know, tall. Like that pressure will go away because like I mean you need your, your spargos, like he's been oh uh, I've got so much more faith in him now compared yeah. to on pass. You got him, you got Cozzy, you know. I Neil mean Neil Bullen. Neil Bullen's been an absolute no, there you go, his name, Bullen. Yeah. <laughs> um, the hard one you sort of think about is Jack Melksham. He, he could be possibly the one to go. I mean, I know he kicked, oh, he kicked three in the last quarter or maybe two in the last two, quarter. Maybe two. But, yeah, I think he's probably somebody that um, if McDonald kind of plays a little bit higher if we're bringing in a more deep forward. Yeah. But, I don't know, Melksham's, Melksham kick used to be his bread and butter. Like, and, like, he was our elite kick inside 50. I mean, this, <laughs> that one that he wobbled to Max, we were talking about that goal. You yeah. see that kick, like he tries to uh, he tries to adjust it right at the last second and the direction that the ball is spinning is, yeah, not the way that the football was meant to spin. But, yeah. uh, you know, he's always good for those low and high, uh, sorry, low and hard bloody, uh, low and hard kicks and set, set shots on goal. But um, even T-Mac busted out a couple of really, I hit that pinpoint pass that I reckon it was about 40 metres I reckon it would have, you know, flown through the air at about eight feet and it hit Cozzy and it sat up, sat up just overstretched the uh, fingertips of Hawthorne Defender, whether it was Hardigan or whatnot, and Cozzy ended up kicking the set shot from that. But yeah. that could be something. Yeah, Melksham comes out and, and T-Mac stays in. I don't know. It's uh, certainly certainly a possibility. The old, the old verdict, what, what the ins and outs do you think maybe could be or may fit, but then you got oh. Fritch as well, Fritch. right? To be honest, Fritch. I'd be... If Fritch is a... Bloody hard one because you think it's probably him and Malksham to a degree battling for a position when 
you know, you got Wiedemann and Brown coming back through. Like it's a really tough one. Well, Brown Brown's got to come out. I think he's an in, he's an insurance policy and he's a good one. Yeah. Um, I mean, T Mac's an insurance policy and he's been good and find, found his way to sort of stay inside. There's no way that you leave Fritz out, but I just feel like with his wrist, I don't know if it's a fractured wrist out a week yeah. or two weeks. I don't know. Turn around. Yeah, it's very quick turnaround. Same with Maisie's eye as well, too. That's pretty, uh, you know, when they initially said two to four, uh, yeah, I wonder how. But it looks like he's probably more likely to play than, than Fritter, I think. So. Yeah, so you probably think it's a May to come in for, for Petty, then you've got Wiedemann to come in for Brown. So maybe that could be the only two changes. And you think, well, does Sparrow get the vest, the, the old... Substitute vest again, or Probably. you know, there's you know, the poor bugger. Like, he, mm. I know he come on against the cats, and oh, he, he provides some bloody ticker. I tell you what, he he cracks in, but he does, like, he does. He's a tough one because, yeah, I reckon, I mean, he's a hard one on the fence. Like, he's you know, a bit of a fringe player, but like, he's handy to have because, again, he provides that pressure. But you know, do we go just those two changes as the key pillars? And then, you know, obviously, then you got the dilemma of when Fritch comes back, there's like a like a poor Jimmy J go out. Like, I mean, obviously he was very poor against Geelong, but yeah. I mean, you look at him on the week, I reckon he was really good on the weekend. He was, yeah. No, no definitely. I, I, think I think he did much in the first half, but Jimmy J, I don't think he had more set of bounce um, attendances and stuff. And he was, yeah, I thought he was really good, actually. We probably won't be picking the team because we'll be here forever. <laughs> but <laughs> what are you, uh, thoughts thoughts on the result? What are, what are you picking? So what's, I, what's, I, your, I, what's your heart saying? Uh, my heart's are saying, yeah, probably, probably, I'd say Petty and um, Petty and Brown out. Um, in comes May and also Wiedemann, I reckon, just because yeah. I think Wiedemann will provide a little bit more than what Benny Brown would. And I think Benny Brown, obviously, with that unknown knee, I think you've got to give him a few more weeks. But... Give him, yeah, give him a bit more of a rest. Yep, no, I agree with that. What about, uh, yeah, what are you tipping? How, how how's the result faring? Gee whiz, uh, toss of a oh. Look, as a, as a, I mean, I don't want to be really biased, but you know, as what I've seen, that's what this team, podcast is for, mate. It's uh, oh, it's for being biased. That's right. <laughs> that's oh, well, what okay. our listeners are all biased. Go so. the D, the D, <laughs> D's in a tight one by eight points. I think um, it'll be a real, yeah, real, real fight. I reckon, and yeah. I think we're true in a true Anzac spirit, and um, yeah, I think we're in for a bit of a treat. Any any footy watch, I think, um, will be watching with a lot of uh, a lot of interest. Well, it's definitely going to be the biggest game uh, in. You know, out of the two Anzac games, it's be the one that you you'd rather watch, isn't it? So, yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, look, hopefully D stand up, and I'm saying D's by twenty because eight points is way too thin a margin for me. I couldn't handle that shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right, Simo, well, that pretty much does it for another week. We've got a big weekend coming up and, yeah, heading to the game yourself, aren't you, with your family, aren't you? Yeah, heading with my two nephews, my sister and part, her partner. So, uh, yeah, we'll yep. be under under the cover. I don't think it'll be raining, unfortunately, but the old Ticket Tech uh, put us under there, the cheeky buggers. Oh, did they? <laughs> we'll be right next, to the, uh, right next to the D's cheese squad cheering them on, mate. It'll be good. Very good. Nah, it'll be it'll be awesome. Nah, I'm looking forward to heading there with uh, my brother and the old man, so that should be... Should be good and looking forward to the spectacle and, and hopefully, yeah, D's get over the line and, and really, uh, yeah, put our best foot forward, uh, not only for the season, but for Jonesy as well too. So, 
looking forward to it. And hopefully, uh, when we come back next week, it'll be bloody six and zero, and we'll be uh, continuing to live the dream. Either oh, yeah. <laughs> the lid would be off if we get up. I reckon. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Well, it's I don't know. It's uh, it's it's definitely unwavering. That's for sure. It's uh, it's it's very loosely loosely on. So. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Simo, and first time on the pod and appreciate you coming on and sharing all your AFL insight and, and knowledge and especially your passion for the days. So, Nat, looking forward to having you on again as well too. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, mate. Much nah, pleasure. Now, nah, all good. And uh, thanks to all our listeners for this week. So, don't forget to subscribe uh, to our podcast on Spotify, Apple or Google and feel free to leave a review or feedback on Twitter. So, we're at Twitter at A-T-T-N-2 d double e t a i l so attention to detail facebook or instagram or shoot us an email at attention to detail pod at gmail.com well thanks for listening and uh go d's thanks simo oh, easy <laughs>